Uh, to take off my shoes or not? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Can you give me a warm greeting with good morning, louder? Okay. Good morning. Okay, this is my second time to your church actually. I was here, uh, I think, two months ago uh, to preach in Chinese congregation. Perhaps I have seen you, right? Did you see me there? Did I see you? Okay. Uh, I was born in Korea as a Korean, and I grew up there. Since I've been here in uh, New York, uh, I've been teaching in a Chinese seminary, so I'm speaking more Chinese than Korean. Perhaps I'm forgetting Korean language. <laughs> I'm still, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of, I have kind of confusion uh, in myself. Uh, I just feel I lost my identity, you know. I'm not sure I'm Korean or Chinese or, or Jew because I lived in Israel 10 years, you know. And also I'm traveling a lot to teach the Bible. Uh, when you travel abroad, you feel, you know, fatigue. Uh, I just came back from Argentina, Argentina. Last Sunday I was in Buenos Aires. You heard about that city, right? Uh, it is called in Spanish Argentina, okay, the, the country. And even though it's just one hour difference between New York and uh, Buenos Aires, I just feel a little bit tired, you know, because of the jet lag. In Chinese way, you call that time difference, right? I like the expression better, time difference. I know there is time difference between, and, between me and you guys. Uh, my children about uh, they are 27 and 25 years old. My daughter has a daughter also, so I'm a grandfather. So we have age gap, right? Sometimes the age gap offers uh, some difficulty in communication, but I don't, I don't hope to have communication problem between me and you. you know? English is not my mother tongue, but I still have to communicate with you in this language. We are living in this country uh, where uh, people speak in English. And you, most of you were born here, right? How many of you were born here? So you are Native Americans. Is it right? <laughs> uh, you're born here, and I was not born here. I'm living here the last 15 years. Uh, there's one sentence, one word, one passage in the Bible. Uh, God, the Creator, has put the eternity in our heart. Uh, eternity. When in the Bible, when they say, in the Bible, when God says eternity means, uh, it is the opposite concept from time. We are living in time, okay? There are different times. The time of birth, the time of death, the time of childhood, and time of adulthood, and time of, you know, different occasions. What is eternity in the Bible? Eternity is, you know, exactly the opposite concept of the time, okay? God is God of eternity, okay? But He can enter the time, and He can do something in the time, uh, he does, you know, something, very great things in the time. Well, I'm talking about Jesus today, and he came to the world. He should be the eternity itself, okay? He's the guy, he's the one who is in the eternity. But he, he himself is the son of God, and he is God, but he himself entered the time, and he did something, okay, in this time. That happened about 2,000 years ago. Uh, you see the cross here? Okay, he was cru- crucified in Jerusalem and he died. And we also, we believe, I believe, okay, 
he died and he rose again from the dead. That's what I believe. And that happening is very important to me. And I believe it should be very important for everyone on the earth, whoever is born, which ethnic group, it doesn't matter, which language group, it should be very important, the most important thing in their life. Uh, I am here because I believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? It happened 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine? It's far away you know, in history. It's far away from our lifetime. Okay? I lived in Jerusalem about 10 years ago. Okay, you know, as you know, Jesus was born a Jew. You right? right? Have you ever seen any Jew in this country? Do you have any classmates, Jewish classmates? How do they look like? Like Chinese or different? They're different? Far away or a little bit different? Do they have two eyes like you? Oh, that's true, okay. Uh, do they have two arms? Right? Stand very close to you, okay? And I've been looking, you know, I've been thinking when I was living in Jerusalem who Jesus uh, just looked like, you know. I've been thinking a lot. Uh, I, can, I could imagine a little bit very narrow their face and a little bit you know, nose, uh, long, a little bit long, and I don't know. I just I imagined a lot through my classmates in Israel, and also through my teachers, professors there. I've been thinking, oh, who uh, Jesus would have looked like, you know. Anyway, Jesus was one of Jew, and he lived on the earth almost 34 years or less or more. And he died, he was crucified, and the Bible tells us that he was risen again from the dead. And 2,000 years ago, the time difference you know, is so far away. But still, we have to believe that if you want to be saved, and that's very important. And I used to say, you know, Christians should be someone who believes in Jesus Christ. But I realized when I met many people, especially young people from European countries and also from this country, many people confess that they are Christians. But when, they, when I ask them, do you believe in Jesus, especially the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I just happen to know that many of them, perhaps I cannot say many of them, some of them, they answer, no, I don't believe. Okay? No, I don't believe that Jesus was risen from the dead. It's very strange. And they still call themselves Christian. For me, I became a Christian uh, by reading the Bible. Okay. Uh, this was a favorite book in my childhood, and I still love reading the book. I love it. Simply, I love it. I don't know why. Anyway, I, when I loved this book, I began to like uh, the one who was introduced in this book, whose name was Jesus Christ, and I loved him. I began to believe in him, and still I believe in him. I believe, as it is written here, I believe his death, and I believe his resurrection. And the thing... Uh, I just uh, described is the most important thing in my life, you know. I have to say Christian minus, do you like math? Christian minus Christ for me is zero, okay, it's nothing, okay. Christian without Christ is nothing, okay. When someone says, okay, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm a Christian, okay, at least, I'm a Christian, but when Christ is removed from his life or from himself, He still feels he's something, you know. He should be a first Christian. I have to confess, without Christ Jesus, I am nothing, okay? I want to be filled with Jesus Christ. Just I want to identify, identify myself with Jesus Christ alone, okay? 
when I stand on this earth, I want to, you know, I want to represent Jesus, not myself. Okay, that's my hope. I learned from this passage you uh, read this morning, uh, Numbers chapter 35, very important lesson, okay, for myself. Uh, the title I gave to church is The City of Refuge and actually The Death of the High Priest. And I felt it's too long, yeah, I made it short, and I just gave uh, City of Refuge and The High Priest. Okay? Actually, The Death of the High Priest. Uh, this regulation was given by God Himself uh, to the people of Israel about uh, 3,500 years ago, long time ago. Okay? 3,500 years ago. The people of Israel, they just came out of Egypt and they wandered in the desert, so-called Sinai Desert. I've been there actually three or two, four times, I think. And they lived in the desert about 40 years, you know. And they just came, they just arrived in the, uh, the east bank of the Jordan River. Okay. They've been standing here, there, and they've been looking west side, okay, which is called Canaan, and today it is called the land of Israel, Eretz Israel, Hebrew, okay? And God actually has promised the land of Canaan to the uh, ancestor, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And now God has brought these people from Egypt, out of Egypt, and the people now, they are standing on the east side of the Jordan River, and they are, right now, they are ready to cross the river, okay? And God, at the moment, gave one very important regulation to the people, which is called the city of refuge, okay? First of all, I don't know, you have the text. Can you show the text again, okay? If you go, uh, 35, Numbers 35, if you go the last, the final verses, Uh, 33, okay. Uh, I wonder if you have the Bible or not, okay, for you. For, for example, in your cell phone. If you go to 33, verse 33. Do you have your Bible in your cell phone, perhaps? You can open the Bible, okay. I hope you can bring the Bible when you worship. 33. The next one. Yeah, I'll just do it. Thank you so much. 33. Okay. Do not pollute. Okay, let's read. Okay. Do not pollute the land where you are. Bloodshed pollutes the land, and atonement cannot be. Atonement cannot be made for the land on which blood has been shed, except by the blood of the one who shed it. Uh, when God has chosen the land of Canaan, He decided to make it very, very holy. Okay, and many people even today call the land of Israel holy land, holy land. I don't believe it is holy because the people. Who are living there are holy. I don't see the Jewish people. Today, about seven million Jewish people are living in the country. I don't think they are holy. Okay, they are very secular people, and among them, even you can find homosexuals today. Okay, uh, today, 
Uh, it is not called holy because the people who live there are holy, but because God has decided uh, to make it holy. And also he decided to live there. Okay? It's very important to us. God decided to live in this land with the people of Israel. But he's asking the people to keep certain commandments he gave to them. If they keep the commandments, the land will be holy. Okay? If they don't If they don't keep the commandments, uh, the land will be defiled. That's the term God has given, given to them. And they, are not, they didn't arrive yet, the country, the land, but they are in the brink of the country, and they are going into the country now, and God is giving them a very specific regulation. That's about the city of refuge, okay? There are 12 tribes in Israel, And among them, one tribe is very, very special. It is called Levites, okay? The Levites. Uh, you have the name Levi. You have the blue jean, which is called Levi. Is that right? Is that right? I don't know. It's made by the Jewish people. I have no idea, okay? But anyway, Levi, is it? Okay? Levi is the name of a tribe among 12 tribes okay, of Israel. The Levites, and they are supposed to be scattered, dispersed. In the whole land, okay, each tribe has their portion, their own property, they have their own region, okay? They're supposed to live in certain place. For example, Rubenites, is supposed to live, they, are, they were supposed to live in the east side of Jordan, and the Ephraimites, they were supposed to live in the west side of Jordan, and Judean uh, tribe, they had their own portion. But the Levites, they didn't have any special region, so-called Uh, the Levite region, they didn't have that, okay, or province or state, whatever it is. They, uh, they had been scattered in all the land of Israel. So, here are some cities, and there are some cities. Some people are living Levites and living Judean region, and some people are living in Ephraimite, and some people in Galilee, okay, different regions. Why? You know, that's what God has meant, you know. God wanted to use this tribe to teach the people of Israel the word of God, and God gave them the word of God, the, the law, the Torah, which is called Torah in Hebrew. And they were given 48 cities or towns, okay, all together, in all the Israel, all Israel. Among 48 towns, six towns or six cities, you know, 60 cities were appointed to use as city of refuge. And I have to explain that, what that is, okay? Because city of refuge is very closely related with the death of Jesus Christ. A city of refuge is the place where a manslayer, okay? I don't know the exact term, legal term today, manslayer or murderer, perhaps you're not sure about that either, okay? Simply a man, let's say, uh, suppose a man kills someone else, okay? But it's not intentional. Okay? It's not intentional. It's just uh, accidentally it happened. Or by perhaps when you're driving, when you're driving, it just, you know, happened, you know, to kill someone. It's not intentional, okay? Accidental. In that case, the person, the manslayer, okay, he can flee to one of these cities. These six cities... Uh, are populated by the Levites. They have to take care of this city, they have to live in the city, and they have to welcome anyone who confesses that I've killed a man, but not intentional, okay? So, you have to welcome them, and you have to pro pro provide him 
you know, a certain place to live for a while, and that's not the end of the story. Then there will be also court, okay? In the congregation, here you have assembly, okay? The congregation of Israel, perhaps uh, presided by the priest, I don't know, exact, perhaps, okay? According to other books of the Bible. And they, they open the court, and they have to decide, this man really killed someone else uh, intentionally or accidentally, okay? Once uh, it is proved that this man killed, okay, intentionally someone else, He's a murderer, and he should be executed. He should be put to death. Okay? That's not the end of the story again. And if you really kill someone else accidentally, you know, what do you do today? Perhaps you'll put him in prison, I don't know, for five or six years. I have no idea, okay? Uh, just uh, unintentional killing. Okay, manslayer, I call it manslayer. And how do you deal with such people? I have no idea in this country. But anyway, God has ordered them Put him not in prison, but just bring him back to the city, the city of refuge. He fled. Okay? He should be sent back to the city of refuge. And he cannot leave the boundary of the city of refuge. Okay? He killed a person unintentionally, and he was in the court, and everybody found out that he's really an you know, unintentional manslayer, and he should be sent back to the city of refuge. And he has to live there. He cannot go home. He cannot go home. I can imagine the Israel, the Levites, they provided a certain place to him, perhaps a moderate place, and a moderate job, I don't know, like a supermarket cashier, something like that, you know, even today's time. today's time. And he has to live there. How long? You know, I'll tell you later. He has to live there. He cannot, he cannot leave the city of refuge. Okay? But in that time, You know, here's another term, the avenger, avenger of the blood. Okay, the term means, okay, perhaps you are the brother or sister or family members or you are the friend of this uh, killed, killed one and you want to avenge the blood, okay? You want to avenge Then you want to kill the manslayer, okay? But you cannot kill because he's protected in the city of refuge, okay? He's, he's protected in the city. But once the manslayer lives away out of the boundary of the uh, city of refuge, okay, as an avenger, you kill him, you are not guilty of killing. Okay? You are not guilty of murder. No, you are free, actually. But when you kill this manslayer in the boundary of the city of refuge, you are a murderer. You should be put to death. Okay? It's very interesting. Okay? And also, the Bible says in this regulation, We call ransom money, okay? You know the term, ransom money. Okay, let's say you have money, you kill someone else, okay? Intentionally. Then, according to the regulation, you should be put to death. But you don't want to die, and what can you do? You have money, and you say uh, to the family members or to the friends of the kill, okay, I have money, I'll give you money, okay? Just give, you, give me freedom, okay? I want to be killed, okay? It doesn't work. You're not supposed to take such ransom money. Or let's say, suppose that you are an unintentional, accidental manslayer, okay? You are living in the city of refuge, and you have money, okay? And you say, okay, hi guys, I have, hi guys, I have money, okay? I'll give you a certain amount of money to you, one million dollars, let's say, okay? Then can you just let me go home, okay? I don't want to live here. And this is a refuge, far away from my family members. I want to go home. 
and I'll give you this ransom money. Two million dollars, perhaps, okay? Ten million dollars, give me freedom. No, no, no way. God says, no way, okay? You cannot free yourself from the city of refuge by using such ransom money, okay? You should stay in the city of uh, refuge. It's very, very strange regulation. And there's one special, specific uh, word in this case. God is saying to the people of Israel, okay, I'll give a chance to the manslayer who killed the man, okay, accidentally, and who is living in the city of refuge. He has a chance actually to go home freely, okay? When can he go home? Uh, you read the Bible. Can you answer me when he can go home? Can you answer me? The man s l a y e r when can he go home? <laughs> When the high priest dies, he can go home freely. You know, I was a student, doctor student at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem about 30 years ago. Uh, I was in the classroom. You know, uh, Israel is a Jewish country right now. Uh, the population, most of them are Jewish and some of them are Arabs. And some of them Bedouins, and some of them some minority Christians from Greece and other countries. I was in the class, this Jewish institution, and the professor was Jewish. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ, of course. Okay? When they teach the Bible, the Old Testament, they don't talk about Jesus Christ at all. Okay? I was in the classroom, and my professor, he was teaching, actually, uh, this city of refuge, and see the refuge, not high uh, priest. And he didn't say about anything about Jesus Christ, but you know, my heart was, you know, began to move. I don't know why. I think that was from the Holy Spirit. And I began to almost cry in the classroom <laughs> in Jerusalem, okay, at the university. Why? Uh, it was nothing to do with the teaching of the professor, actually. And I've been thinking in my own way, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I think, And I began to, the, the Holy Spirit began to move my heart. And I began to see here Jesus Christ, which is whom I believe. You know. The high priest, it should be only one, there should be only one high priest in any history of Israel. Okay? Only one high priest. And he should be born, not elected, he should be born as a, as a descendant of Aaron. He is a family of member of uh, Levites. Okay? He's one of the Levites. You should, you should be born as the son of Aaron. Okay? You, sh- you cannot be elected as high priest. And once your father dies, the high priest dies, you, the first child, the first son of Aaron or his descendants, he becomes the high priest for his lifetime. Okay? There's no change. There's no election for high priest. That is by birth, decided by birth. And God is saying to the people of Israel, okay, there's only one high priest, and he should be the descendant of Aaron. And when the high priest dies, the manslayer who is living in the city of refuge, he can go home freely, and nobody can touch him. Nobody can kill him. Okay? Actually, in the classroom, I began to see the, the, the relationship between Jesus and the high priest here in this story. Okay, come back to this uh, manslayer who is living in uh, the city of refuge. Okay, suppose that you, okay, kill 
a man, I'm sorry, okay, suppose, okay, you kill the person accidentally. And now you fled to the city, one of the cities of refuge, yeah? and you are living there, and you have a very moderate, you know, dwelling place, and also you have a moderate job there, you know, you can survive, you know, a little bit. But you have your family members far away from the city, and you miss them. You don't have cell phone, you don't have internet, you don't have TV, you have nothing there, okay? They are far away from you. You're so alone. But you know, once you go out this boundary of city of refuge, there is death for you, okay? The death is waiting for you. Okay? So you cannot go out this boundary of city of refuge. You have to stay there, okay? It provides you, it protects you, okay? It gives you a little bit, uh, you know, the space of life, but it also limits you, okay? You don't have enough freedom, actually. That's not a big place, actually. And you miss your family members. And what can you do? What can you do? Okay, according to the regulation, you simply you have to wait. What do you wait? The death of the high priest, okay? You have to wait the death of the high priest. Because once the high priest dies, you can go home freely. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can kill you. Then, okay, the second question. Suppose you are in this city of refuge, okay? As a man's layer. What is your prayer? What do you pray every day? What do you pray? Just tell me, what do you pray? Why? Okay, okay. You don't pray, oh Lord, I'm hungry, give me bread, okay? Oh Lord, I need a girlfriend, give me a girlfriend, okay? You won't pray such things, okay? What do you pray? What do you pray? Let the high priest die as soon as possible, okay? Have you ever seen him? Perhaps not. Perhaps you don't know his name, okay? But you are praying day and day, moment by moment, for the death of the high priest. It's very, very strange for me, okay? This regulation was given to the people of Israel about 3,500 years ago from today. Or, let's say, 1,500 years ago, approximately, from the death of Jesus Christ. You know, we are living in time. We have to say time difference, okay? There's an age gap between me and you, okay? Perhaps, you know, our communication is not going to be easy because of the age difference, right? Age gap. You know, you have your own ideas. I have my own ideas. You have things you, you like. I have things I like, okay? You know? Perhaps we don't have any common points, you know, in our interests. But let's say, eternity, okay? God is eternal. Now, what he's talking about to us, either you are an adult or you are a young man, it doesn't matter. He's talking about the eternity, actually, okay? And everybody, actually, is interested in eternity, even if you don't express that, okay? How do I know? You don't want to die, okay? Do you like to die as soon as possible? No. You don't want to die. That means you are seeking the eternity. Uh, Why? Because God has put eternity in our hearts, in everyone's heart. So we are seeking eternity. And that's the actual main subject of the Bible, whole Bible. The same God who gave this regulation to the people of Israel about 
3,500 years ago to the people of Israel. And also he's talking to us in in any generation, it doesn't matter, okay, 2,000 years ago, 100 years ago, 100 years later, it doesn't matter, actually, any generation, any person, okay, he's talking about the important relationship between Jesus and each of us, okay. Anyone who will be born or who was born and who is born right now on this earth, okay, their faith or their freedom is related with Jesus Christ, the high priest. Okay, here in the Bible it says the high priest, when it expresses the high priest, it's called, he has the anointing, the anointing. In Israel, when they anoint, they use olive oil, okay, that is very common product in Israel, uh, like actually, Uh, olive uh, very much. I love it so much. Anyway, when do you anoint someone? Okay, there are three functions actually. Uh, King should be anointed by oil. Here it is called holy oil. Okay, and the high priest should be anointed. According to Leviticus chapter 4, the high priest was called the anointed one. The anointed one. In Hebrew is Mashiach. In English, transliteration, it is called the Messiah, okay, the Messiah. In Greek transliteration, I'm sorry, in Greek translation, it is called Christos. And in English, transliteration of this Greek term is Christian, I'm sorry, the Christ, okay, Christ. So Christ comes from Hebrew, Mashiach, okay, Messiah, and both of them actually mean the anointed one, okay. Jesus, the Messiah, or Jesus the Christ, And there's the meaning of these two terms, okay? He is the anointed one. For what? He was anointed to be king. And according to Leviticus chapter 4, he was anointed to be the high priest, okay? And God, the eternal God, he has meant actually, when he has chosen the high priest for the people of Israel, he has actually meant the coming Messiah, the coming one who should be appointed for special purpose. That is Jesus, and that is the high priest. So you, you can see Jesus Christ in this high priest of Israel, in the history of Israel. The death of the high priest, okay? This is what the manslayer who is living in the city of refuge, he's waiting for, okay? And he'll pray day and day, moment by moment, let the high priest die as soon as possible, you know? But you have nothing to do with him. You have never seen him, perhaps. You, have, you, you don't know his name, perhaps, okay? But your hope is, uh, your freedom is depending on his death. That's why you are seeking his death. You know? The death of the high priest will be the great, great news in your life. Is that right? Yeah. That should be the best news you will ever have in your life. Okay. Once the high priest dies, and you can go home freely, and nobody can touch you. Nobody can, the avenger cannot kill you. Okay. This is very interesting, you know. In the classroom, I began to see the relationship uh, me and Jesus Christ. I was wondering, you know, Jesus Christ, according to the gospel, he was crucified 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, okay? So what? So what? So what? You know, I'm not a Jew. Are you? I'm not a Jew, okay? My son, he was born in Israel in Jerusalem. He grew up there five years. But he's not a Jew at all, okay? When you are born here in this country, you become American by the birth. Is that right? Is that right? But in Israel, when someone is born there, their parents are not the Israelis, 
they don't become Israeli automatically, okay? My son, whose name is Zion, because he was born in Jerusalem, I gave the name. He was born in Jerusalem, he grew up there five years, but he's not a Jew, he's not an Israeli. Because his parents are not Jews, okay? His parents were simply the temples, not citizens, dwellers there, okay? Sojourners, in a sense, in the Bible term. I'm not a Jew. And Jesus, as far as I know, he's a Jew. And what do I have with him? You know? Do I have something to do with Jesus, this Jew? You know? I have to ask this question. And he was crucified, according to the Bible, 2,000 years ago by the Romans, and as well as the Jewish leaders, religious leaders. So what? What does it mean, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to me? You know? I know for many, many people, it's kind of, you know, a little bit abstract term or abstract thing which happened in the history, okay? And it has nothing to do with your own life. But I know, as the death of the high priest was so essential to the manslayer who is living in the city of refugee, I realized the death of Jesus Christ was so essential in my life for my freedom. And I believe that, okay? And that's a good news for me and the best news I had. Even though we are not living in the city of refuge today, I know many people are living kind of city of refuge, okay? You have morals, you have conscience, you have some customs of each community, you have rules of the country, you have religious rules, you have the social rules, you have the, the rules of the nation, you have constitution, you have the rules and the you know, school. Sometimes you have dress code at the school, I don't know, in your school, I don't know. I heard in uh, Texas, many high schools, and they have dress rules, okay? Dress code. So you have different, you are living under many uh, various regulations, and you're kind of, you are limited, you know. You are limited by your parents, the decisions they make, right? Uh, you're not supposed to come back later than 11 o'clock p.m., I don't know, okay? What is the latest time for you to go home? I don't know, okay? Are you free to be away your home, you know, any nights you want? You are not. Am I right? Okay. So everyone, okay, is limited by certain conditions, okay, or regulations. We are living kind of city refuge. And I know many people are living kind of guilty feeling, okay, or the feeling of condemnation, okay? You feel, you know, some kind of shortage, you know, by the standards of your parents or by the religious rules or whatever it is, okay? So we are living kind of city of refuge, you know. We don't have real freedom. I recently heard one mom, a young mother, who is, I think, about less than a little bit 40 years old. She has two kids, about your age, I think, in Korea. She commits suicide, you know. What I heard is, you know, just she felt she was limited in many sense, you know. I don't know, I don't know her personally, but uh, such a feeling just, uh, you know, caused her suicide. It's very, you know, sad to hear such a news. We are living without real freedom. And many people know that actually, even though they don't express it, you know. But they know that. The people of Israel had to learn one thing, one great lesson. The death of the high priest matters to each of them, actually. Especially for those who are living in the city of refuge as men slayers. 
it matters and it's very important. And I believe personally, okay, based on the Bible and the instruction of the Bible, the death of Jesus Christ, the crucifixion, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ matters to me. Okay? It's very important to me. I'm not a Jew. You know? I didn't live 2,000 years ago with Jesus Christ. But I know what happened to him, what happened to Jesus Christ matters to me. Okay? It's very important to me. And God decided to combine or to link my faith or each of us, the faith of each of us, okay, with the death of Christ. That was the wisdom of Jesus. That was, I'm sorry, that was the wisdom of God, the Creator. He linked the death of Jesus Christ, the high priest, and with the faith of each of us. We are related, you know. The people who killed accidentally and living in the city of refuge, day by day, they pray, Oh Lord, please let the high priest die as soon as possible. Okay? That's my the only hope. That's my hope. Then I can get real freedom and I can go home. Let him die. I don't know him personally. I don't know he's a good man or bad man. It doesn't matter to me. You know? I'm simply expecting his death. That's my only hope. I like to go home. To go home, I need his death. Okay? I need, I need, you know. I like to go home, give me real freedom. That was the prayer. Can you imagine such a prayer? And we today we are living, even though we are living in different time framing, but God is eternal God. He's looking all these things at the same time. You know, 3,500 years ago, what he uh, just see among the people of Israel, and today, and even 2,000 years ago, uh, when he's watching the crucifixion of his only son, Jesus Christ, I think he's the same God. He's still seeing everything at the same moment, okay? At the eternal present, I said. And he's, seeing, he's also expecting us to pray. To pray. How do we pray? That the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ affects my life and gives me real freedom, okay? It doesn't matter if you are an adult, or you are a young man, or young girl. It doesn't matter, actually. All of us need Jesus Christ and his death of Jesus, uh, his death on the, uh, on the cross, and also his resurrection. That's the only key that can solve the problem of humans. Okay? That's the only key. There's no other key. There's no other key which can solve the problems we have. Okay? Perhaps you can forget for a while, you know, even though you are taught and churches by your parents, what Jesus was, what he did, you know, why he had to be crucified. Perhaps you heard many times, but still, it has nothing to do with your life. You know, that's the matter, okay? That's my concern. It should be, it should be very important, the most important thing in your life. You know, I know you are busy in your studies. I know you are busy sometimes in computer games, right? I know you are sometimes busy in watching TV, I don't know, internet or using your cell phone, you know, just uh, connecting with all the people of the world using Facebook or using uh, Twitter, whatever it is, okay? You have your own interests and you don't care. The, the, the more you, you get older and your concern should be, must be, you know, changed. I know that. You know, in my age, many people are interested in health and I know many people are interested in more hairs, you know, on their head. I know, that's why people can sell, you know, such drugs, medicine, you know, for growing your hairs, you know, because it matters to many people, but how many people, for how many people Jesus matters, I don't know. 
For how many people the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ matters? I have no idea, you know. Even though many of us hear the news, you know, but you feel nothing. You feel nothing because you don't know you are where you are. Once you know you are living in the city of refuge, like an unintentional man's life, you realize you need Jesus Christ. You need the death of Jesus Christ. I hope, and my prayer is, the death of Jesus Christ matters you, okay, to you a lot. And you can realize how important Jesus is to your life. He's the only key. He's the only key for us, each of us, okay? Without Jesus, I'm nothing. Now I have to introduce again this Jesus. When he came to the earth, into the time, the eternity came into the time, and he says, he used to say, okay, I'm, what I'm saying to you guys, you know, there's no my own word. Everything is from God, my Father. I speak, you know, his words. I'm not speaking my own word, you know. I'm doing, I'm living as he wishes. He didn't have his own idea. He didn't have his own words, okay. He didn't have his own plan. He was full of his Father, God, okay. He was representing, wholly representing his Father, God. He's a very special guy, you know. In this country, I know, we are educated, especially of you, born here, ABC, okay. You are educated, you know, to be your, yourself, okay. Not to represent someone else. You want to represent your parents. You should be yourself, okay? That's the education of this country. You are not supposed to be someone else. You should be yourself. That's the education. But when I read the Bible, especially the Gospel, I find Jesus was nothing without his Father God, okay? He was full of his Father God. Very unique person, okay? He became a human being, but he was not himself. He was someone else. He was full of God. And in the same way, likewise, I believe when God has chosen some people to believe in Jesus and through the belief to become the children of God, I believe they should be like the Christ, okay, the Messiah. The people who believed in Jesus Christ got the name, nickname, the Christian, uh, first time in history in Antioch. Today, It is in the border of Turkey and Syria. The outsiders, okay, non-Christians, called a group of people who were the disciples of Jesus Christ, the Christian, Christianos in Greek. You know, the word, the term means someone who belongs to Jesus or someone who is full of Christ. That's my interpretation, okay? These Christians, you know, I don't know, once they open their mouth, They just, you know, they are, you know, just have to speak out the name of Christ. Perhaps that's why many people outside the school, okay, these are Christians. Uh, these people, the people of Christ, okay. In other words, they were filled with Christ, okay? the Messiah, the high priest. I hope, my prayer is, you young people, when you are still young, okay, you're not still old, right? Are you old enough? No, you're not old, okay. When you are young, I hope my prayer is you know Jesus, you know Jesus better than anything else in the world, okay? I know you have to study hard, you have to do many things, perhaps, you want to pray many things, but I, my prayer is you know Jesus better, the high priest, and you have to know exactly what he means to you, okay? How important he is to you, okay? And once you know him, you will love him 
and you will believe him, of course. And once you believe him, once you love him, and I hope my prayers, you be filled with Jesus Christ. And the real Christian is a person without Jesus, he's nothing, okay? My prayers, you be filled with Christ. And outsiders will say, okay, these young people, they have something with Jesus Christ, okay? These people belong, should belong to, to Christ, okay? That's my prayer, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give thanks to you because of the message you gave us through this book of Numbers. And I see here the city of refuge and the death of the high priest. And I realize the death of the high priest, which is so essential to the manslayers who accidentally kill someone else and who have been living in the city of refuge for their freedom, the death of the high priest is so essential. And I believe likewise that Jesus Uh, your crucifixion and your resurrection is essential to my life. And I personally accept you as my Lord, my only key of my life. You are the only one who can give me real freedom. And my prayer is also for these young people here in this room. They realize how important your death is to them, each of them. And how essential uh, the belief in you is to him, to them, each of them. O oh Lord, bless these young people here in this room that they can know you better and they can love you and believe in you. They can become real Christian you love. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the high priest. Amen. Thank you. That's okay. We're going to sing up a card. Okay.